we praise? Can we praise? Can we worship God? Hallelujah. Can we give him a sacrifice of praise? Hallelujah. Glory to God. He is an amazing God, a loving God. Hallelujah. I don't know what he's done for you. I know what he's done for me. And it's been great. Greater. Even more great. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. God is good all the time. Um, well, I guess I got to preach. <laughs> I have um, uh, 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 one of those words that kind of like mess me up because God is doing it in me. Um, and I got a bunch of notes, <laughs> uh, but I'm going to speak my heart. And I'm going to speak what God has placed in my heart to speak. Um, before we do that, let, let me just pray. Father God, I just humble my life before you, my mind, my heart, my soul. I just pray you have your way. You know each need. You know each situation. You know, you know each person before they even got here. You knew them. You know them. I just pray you transform our lives and you minister to our needs, that we may come out of here changed, a different person, God, inside Lord, oh God, ready to do what you have called us to do. I pray this in Jesus' name, amen, amen. and amen. I'm going to speak today about transformation of perception. Transformation of perception. And I chose this Proverbs. Proverbs is, is a book of advice and of a lot of wisdom. And Proverbs 16.25 says the following thing. Uh, there is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way to death. We perceive and understand or think we understand a lot of things, but most of the time they're not what we perceived. So I'm going to speak a message about not so much self-esteem, although I am going to speak about the self-concept because I think, or I believe, this is my belief, that as you think of yourself is how you're going to think about God and interpret him, and it's how you're going to think about other people. So it's very important that we get it right. I'm going to be looking at a scripture later on um, where Jesus tells the 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 the, the young man that questioned him, you know, tell me what I got to do. And he tells him, you know, there's two, there's two, you know, it's all wrapped up in two commandments. Love God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul. And then love others as you love yourself. So it all really begins with self. So I'll be talking a little bit about that. It's not a message of feeling good. I don't think we're going to come out feeling that great. <laughs> Because it's a, it, I, I want us to really confront ourselves. And I really want us to be transformed. And transformation, it's uncomfortable sometimes. You see, the gospel is, 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 is transforming. And transform us, it, it transforms us every time we listen to it. Pastor preached a powerful message on Wednesday. If you did not hear it, you need to listen to it. And it spoke about the transforming power of the gospel. And I feel and believe, and especially in these days that we are living, that every time we cross those doors, there has to be a transformation that happens in our lives, in our services per se. 
every time we meet as people, uh, uh, a Christian community, there's got to be something that is tweaked in my heart, in my life, in my walk, that I might go forward and be a different person. We're living days that people want change. I feel and believe that we're living these days that God cannot change the world if his people are not changed. And change is not easy. Change is a process sometimes. So today you might have gone through some changes, but there's maybe some more that needs to happen. Or maybe you've arrived at a certain place and you feel, oh, I've arrived. But then there's still some stuff that come up that you're like, oh, wait a minute. So I speak directly to you and and feeling myself in the process that no, I have not arrived so far from it. (laughs) But that God continues to transform my life just as he continues to transform yours. I had lunch with a special person yesterday and we were sharing and out of the blue came out a story that she shared with me. And it was a story about uh, uh, a teacher telling the story to a group of his, her students. And she spoke to them about a couple that went on a cruise. And on that cruise, there was a, sh- you know, the cruise, there was a ship, you know, everybody had to leave the ship. And there was an emergency and, and you know, people, people, I guess, got hurt, sank. There was this small little ship, you know, little boat that was going to take people to safety. And there was this wife and this husband that got on that ship, on that cruise, because they were having some problems in their marriage and they wanted to work through it. All of a sudden, the the husband gets on the little boat and the wife drowns. They come back home and there's a daughter and she hates the father. (laughs) I'm going to speak about perception. She hates him. How could you let my mother die? How could you just get on the little boat and leave? Years later, the father also dies. And as the daughter is looking through his diary, he writes, she reads his story. And this couple got on the ship because not only were they having marriage problems, but his wife had been diagnosed with cancer and had months to live. So when they were getting ready to choose who would get on that little boat, the mother said, I'm going to stay because I need you to take care of my kids. And he was saved and took care of the kids. And she died. Perception. How do we see it? At the beginning, we're like, oh, man, he ran to the boat and got on it and left his wife. Wow. We do that about ourselves, we do that about God, and we do that about others. We perceive things. Now, perception is how I interpret things, how I understand things. It's a mental impression. It's, it's what, I, what I see and, and through my senses. I might touch something. I might smell something. I might see something. I might hear something. I might taste something something 
It's, it's, it's an organization and, and an identification and an interpretation of my sensory information. And then that represents, and, and, and you know, it's, it's, it represents the environment I'm in, how I grew up, what I was informed with. So perception is how I interpret what is going on outside myself, but also inside. And we can jump to conclusions in trying to analyze certain events, certain circumstances, how others present themselves and behave. I do that for a job. I try to analyze why is Johnny acting the way he's acting but I can't understand how Johnny, no, little Johnny, another Johnny. <laughs> I can't understand Johnny unless I know his social history, unless I sit with mom and, and listen to her, unless I sit with Johnny himself and do some kind of play. I see him in his environment. I see how he treats his peers, how he treats his, his teachers. So that I could get the full story of why does Johnny act the way he acts. We've got to be careful with the process of, of, of trying to understand people be, and, and the whole concept of perception. Because from there comes our tunnel vision, our biases, our stereotypes, our judgments, and our criticism told you you weren't going to feel too good about this message. It comes that moment when we begin to compare ourselves with others. And we form perception, you know, we, we then have a, perce a, 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 a perspective, a point of view from where we go forward and then we behave. <laughs> there is a scripture found in Romans 12. One, I'm going to read one to three, but you can read later on one through eight. And it speaks like this. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in the view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. He speaks about worship before he gets into this next point. Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Three, for the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought to, but rather... Think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith of God, in accordance with, with the faith God has distributed to each. And then he goes on to speak about the bodies and the many members and the, all the giftings that he has bestowed upon the body of Christ. Amen? So before I unwrap some other things that I want to unwrap, I do have to speak about the self-concept. You see, I have to speak about how do you see yourself? You know, self-concept is to be aware of oneself, you know, to have a concept of, 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 of who I am. 
And this provides um, uh, 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 and informs who I'm going to be, what am I going to do, how I'm going to, uh, uh, you know, what attributes I have, the good, the bad, the indifferent. Each of us have, or, or, and every one of us have a self-concept of who I am, of who you are. And that changes um, due to many reasons and, and different things in our lives. How do we see ourselves? And then I can include, then how do you see others? Because I said at the beginning, the way I see myself has a lot to do with the way I see God and the way I see others. Who informed this? Who taught me about me? Right? And we can go down the road of, you know, mom and dad and my home environment and the things that I saw in my society growing up. I could talk about my culture. I could talk about all these things that have informed us to bring us to this place of whatever age you're in. You could be 15, you could be 20, you could be 25, 30, 35, 40, 45. <laughs> Hallelujah. Let me step at 50 because I believe that's the perfect age. <laughs> so we've been informed by different avenues of how we are to look at ourselves, even look at God and even look at others throughout our lifetime. A lot of us can have a negative self-concept of who you are. And that will affect your behavior. But then on the flip side, because we always talk about, oh, low self-esteem. And, you know, I make money with low self-esteem and having people come out of all of that, you know, can knock it. But out of all of that, there's this low esteem, but then there's this person that thinks that they're the best thing that happened since sliced bread. And they're above and beyond everyone else. You see, we as a society think that's a good thing. But as a believer, I'm going to show you through which glasses we need to see ourselves, see him, and see others. We may see ourselves through, through some glasses of guilt, right? Through the mistakes we've made. So then we, we say, oh, I'm no good. You see, I go back to Johnny. His mother comes in and tells me, man, he's a bad boy. And I tell mom, no, Johnny is not a bad boy. Johnny may do things that are not so good, I don't identify him with bad. So even what is spoken to us, right, has a consequence. The way others view us and have had, you know, um, conversations with us and, and have throughout our lives have spoken things into us. You see, even of other people. Come on. You grew up, or maybe not. Let me, let me not say that. I grew up, because that's perception, the wrong perception. I grew up in a home where there was gossip. Nobody else. <laughs> it was only in my Puerto Rican household. <laughs> only mine. Where adults spoke about other adults that were doing wrong or right or whatever. And I was the little girl that loved to be in the conversations of adults. And I would not be seen, but I would be listening. I got stories on my family that they don't even know. 
I know. So I heard things that judgmental, maybe biases. Kids don't, kids are not born noticing color. <laughs> we do that to our kids. Sad to say. But you get the idea. You get the idea about the self-concept. You get the idea about, you know, our image and, and, and what we think about God and what we might even think about others. And consequences, if we allow ourselves to just stay in, in that worldly mentality and in, 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 in what society dictates to us, we are going to be in trouble, not only as, as people, you know, they want to relate to others, but believers, because there is another truth. And the truth that I want to share with you, it's not found in a secular book. The truth that I need to share with you is found in God's word. You see, because God gives us direction in every area of our lives. Our problem sometimes is that we don't go there to understand it and live by it and, and obey it. Pastor just said it, right? The gospel is not only uh, the word. It's not only something that's said, but it's something that I got to act upon. I got to live it out. So first I need to understand that we are his creation. We all know this. This is Bible 101. Genesis 1:27 says God so God created mankind in his own image in the image of God he created them male and female he created them and it was good he said in verse 31 God saw all that he had made and it was very good and there was evening and there was morning the sixth day you are good you are God's creation you were created in his image there is this imprint of God in your life but then we got to turn that around because there's an imprint of God in that homeless man in the corner. There's an imprint of God in that family member that right now is a little crazy. There's an imprint of God in that man and that woman that we don't see eye to eye. There's an imprint of God in that person that I might not think they're up to my stature. That I might think they're not up to my education. That I might think that, that I'm better than them. There is an imprint in that human being because he or she was created by God. Lord, help us as believers that we don't make exception of people and we don't favor others than uh, one than others. We need to be careful. Help me, Lord. And we know what happened. We know the story. We know the sin. Sin entered in. But in Jesus now, you see, because pastor, he, 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 like started it all up it was powerful because he's like if you knew where I came from if you knew after that fall sin where I've been because we turned from God because we decided to go on our own perceptions on on our own thoughts of what we thought was best we know where that took us it almost took us to death 
I read it in Proverbs. But Jesus, but God sent his only begotten son. And the word of God in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 tells me, Therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh, even though we have known Christ according to the flesh. Yet now we know him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Hallelujah. All things reconciled in him. All things redone. All things transformed. I feel that we are living days where God wants to reconcile. Where God wants to change us. Where God wants to make us the people that he would have us be. So that we can transform a world that's in need. But we've got to go through the process. We've got to allow God to do the fixing and the, and the, and the mending and, the, and, and, and put it all back together. Because it's not easy. The Bible tells me that his thoughts of you are so much higher than your thoughts of you. The word of God in Isaiah 55, 8 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my way, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than yours. And my thoughts higher than yours. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So, understand we now need to understand. We need to understand that we are a new creation. We need to understand that his thoughts are higher for me. And if they're higher for me, they're higher for that person that I just spoke about to you a little while ago. We've got to also come to the place of understanding that now we don't have just any ordinary mind. <laughs> We need to understand that 1 Corinthians chapter 2, um, verse 16 tells me, um, and from 14 on, it says, The person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but consider them foolish and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the Spirit. Now us, the person with the Spirit, makes judgment about all things, right? Um, about all things, but now a person is not subject to merely human judgment, right? We just don't perceive what we perceived before. Now we don't make judgments the way we used to make them before. Now we're a new creature. We have now, it says, for now, for who has known the, the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ, did you hear me? You have the mind of Christ. We have the mind of Christ. Our thoughts cannot be the same. Our, our judgment to which others cannot be allowed. Our, our view and our perception of this world and the things that might have um, um, uh, moved me or, 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 or directed me cannot be the same ones. Are you understanding me, people? Are you understanding me, body of Christ? The Bible is clear. On how we're to perceive God, on how we're to perceive moi, and how to perceive others. You see, I sometimes look at God through the glasses of my childhood. So I can't understand 
that he so loved me. I sometimes look at God through the eyes of the perpetrator that hurt me when I was a little girl. So I can't understand how God can accept me. I sometimes look at God through the eyes of the father that left me. Oh, family, but we need to put on God's glasses. I wish I could have gotten some bigger ones, Debbie. Or maybe I even need to just take them off. Because I'm here to tell you, I don't know where your perception is of yourself, of God, and of others. I'm here to tell you that there's a transformation that wants to happen in our lives, in our hearts, in our minds, in our bodies, that we begin to carry ourselves totally different. Because when we begin to see ourselves through the eyes of God, uh, because when we begin to see ourselves, not how dad saw me, not how mom saw me, not how my brother saw me, not how this society sees me, if I begin to begin to see myself as God truly sees me then I'm going to change my life is going to change the way I behave is going to change the way I walk is going to change you know why because the word of God is very clear the word of God tells me you are complete in him you are the head and not the tail you are alive in Christ you are free from the from the bondage you are free in him you are free from oppression you are a child of God you have been reconciled with him through the blood of the lamb you have peace and not turbulence or tribulation you are greater hallelujah your your ladder will be greater you are in a new season God wants to do something different in your life you are are, are, are going forward it couldn't come out you know why it couldn't come out I got a list of one of two, of three, of four, of five pages of who I am in Christ. I am no longer who the devil says I was. I am no longer what my perpetrator said I would become. I am no longer who society said I will be. I am a child washed by the blood of the lamb. You are our God's handicraft. You are God's workmanship. You are destined and have been destined for great things. I don't know about how you've perceived yourself but I'm telling you today there needs to be a shift there needs to be a change there needs to be a transformation of how you and I see myself but it God and then others there has to be you know why I'm convinced that there's got to be a change I'm convinced that there's got to be a change because we're living some last days we're living some crazy days. We're living days where we don't know what's up or down or in between. And we're living in days that we are to be the salt of the earth. We are called to transform others. And how can you transform anybody if you have not allowed to allow God to transform you through the power of the Holy Spirit? How can you transform anyone if we have not surrendered our lives to him and allowing him to do whatever is it that he might need to do and we're still fighting God I told you this was a great message <laughs> I told you we weren't going to feel good 
Because I don't want you to feel good. I don't want to feel good anymore. I think those days are far gone. I think that days are coming where we've got to change. Where something's got to happen in our lives. Every time we come to church. Every time we gather together. There's got to be something that happens within us to prepare us. There's gotta ha- something's got to happen that gives us the strength and the power we need to then go forward and, and deal with life. I don't know about you. I'm tired. I want to come to a place and thank God for this house. I want to come to a place where something begins to stir inside of me when the worship is happening. I want to come to a house where something begins to to happen inside of me when the world is being brought forward. I want to come to a house when I fellowship with my brothers and my sisters and we're not gossiping and we're not talking about this one or that one but we're embracing and we're talking about God and we're talking about his kingdom and what we can do to make it better that's what I want to be part of have we arrived no that's a coming process changing the less 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 lenses through which I see God myself and others it's only through his word It's going to be only through his word. And then it's going to be through the Holy Spirit of God. The Bible is clear on how we are to see God. You see, God is a spirit. He's eternal. He's unchanging. He's wisdom. He's power. He's holiness. He's justice. He's goodness. He's trust. He's omnipresence. He's omniscient. He's he's omnipotent power. He has power. You see, but I think sometimes we read it and listen to it. And oh, it sounds wonderful. But we don't live it out. We don't live it out. Because if we were to live it out, and and, and brothers, please, don't don't misinterpret me. Uh, I'm not trashing because I'm included in in, in the situation. You know, if we were to walk it, if we were to, to live that, we would be some powerful people. We would be more powerful than we are now because we're powerful. You know, we, 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 we can, can go out there and change, but we would be more. If we continue to walk in our, own, in our old perception of God, self, and others, based on our past, our childhood, our spoken words upon us, uh, events on our timeline, struggles, identity issues, inferior issues, incorrect information given to us, and allow, and we don't allow God to transform our perception, it is like sitting on a throne as a queen or a king and not exerting power. If we continue to walk in our old ways and not allow God to transform our perception, It is like focusing on our limitations and disregarding God's surplus. It's going to be like having the cure in your hands and continuing to be ill. It's going to be like having the keys to the prison, yet we don't open the door and get out. I refuse to live a life of desolation. I refuse to live a life of emptiness. I refuse to live a life as everyone else lives it in this world. It cannot be. We must walk in who he says I am. 
We need to walk in who he says he is. We need to walk in who he says others are and live that out. I need to put on my glasses. My big glasses. God's glasses. Because there's going to be some results. You see, when I do that, I'm going to live a life of wholeness versus a life of brokenness. I'm going to live at peace with God, myself, and others. I'm going to live out my purpose for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. We say it all the time. But are we truly living out his will, his purpose? It says that if we need to, to go there and walk that out, we need to renew our minds. They needs to be transformed. We're living out God's divine purpose for you. And you know what I'm going to tell you today? His divine purposes are good. They're not good. They're very good. In, in, in English, it doesn't sound good, right? Because in Spanish, it's buenísimo. It's like beyond good. It's like good at the umpteenth power. Hallelujah. When I believe what God says about me and who I am in him, I'm going to, be, to begin to walk in victory, accomplishing great things for him. When I begin to walk in him and understanding who he says I am and who he says he is, I'm going to begin to look at others very differently. I'm not going to be too quick to judge. You know what? Everybody's got a story. And until you know that story, you know what? Even when you know the story, you shouldn't be talking. Everybody has an opinion, right? Keep it to yourself. And don't get me wrong. I'm not talking about Betsy shares a story with me. I share and we fellowship and we walk this walk together. I'm not talking about that. You know what I'm talking about. When we begin to do that, that our perception begins to be transformed. We're going to break out in praise and in worship. You know why? Because we're going to understand who we are. We're going to understand our purpose. We're going to understand the plan. We're going to understand why we're here. We're going to understand that God has something for us. And if he did not have it, you would not be here. So there's a plan. There's a purpose. Oh, you might not see it. You might not understand it. You might be like, why God? Why? What's going on? Don't worry. He he has your back. He's going to take care of you. He understands. He knows where you're at. You just need to believe who you are in him. And you're going to be able to love others like I said before. Because he says in Matthew 22, and I said this at the beginning. Jesus replied, he says, love the Lord your God. With all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind, uh, this is the first and greatest commandment. And second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. So today I challenge you. I challenge you to allow God to transform your perception of him, your perception of yourself, and the perception of others in order to fulfill all that he has for us. So how do I do this? 
And this is not the only way, but I think it could begin here today. I told you it's a process. Maybe some of us at the beginning, some of us in the middle, some of us hopefully towards the end. <laughs> but you need to come to the Lord and say, you know what, God? I've perceived you wrong for many years. I haven't allowed you to love me, or I don't even understand how you can love me. But then, Lord, I want you to change my perception of who I think I am. I can't be so high that I'm beyond, but I can't be so low that I can't be picked up. <laughs> and then you need to change my attitude towards others because I need to learn to love. I need to learn to love that person that seems unlovable. I need to love that person that is probably by my side because God has a purpose and a plan and he's going to use you, 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 and you to make a difference in that person's life. But you are too involved in your emotions and in your own feelings and in your own stuff that you can't see what God wants to do. Yes, he wants to use you to transform someone else. Because when I'm transformed, then we can begin to transform others. And not needing to be boastful about that. Or, oh my gosh, I got power. No, it's because of the power of the, of the blood of the lamb upon our lives. It is because of the power of Jesus Christ imprinted in our lives and in our hearts. Pastor Veraldo spoke today about being sealed and being uh, uh, encamped. He's, uh, he has like a gate around us. That's the only way I could trans translate it. He, he, we are encamped in him. We are surrounded by God. He's on your side. He's got some good stuff for you. I could stand here and tell you that because I've been there. I've done that. At the age of 15, you know my story. I came to the Lord, a broken kid from the barrio. You, you name it, I went through it. Violence, domestic violence, assault, physical, sexual. You, you guys know my story. Oh, but I can stand here today telling you that I have served a mighty God. At the age of 15, he was able to rescue me, clean me up. And I can't tell you that I haven't fallen, that I haven't messed it up. Because, boy, I got stories. But I can tell you today that my God, my God has been faithful. The God you serve is faithful. We might not understand. Hallelujah. But he understands. You might not see it, but I'm telling you, it's there. He's got a plan. He's got a purpose. It might not look the way you thought it would look, but you know what? I am, I, I, I am more confident enough in him that I'm going to trust, that I'm going to trust how he wants me to walk, that I'm going to trust his footprint, and I'm going to trust the way he wants me to go. You know why? Because so far, Betsy, so far he's done right by me. So far he's been a good God. So far, he's been an amazing God. He has healed my body. He has healed my soul. I am not that little girl. I am a woman of God here to tell you his truth. And I've been called today. I can say that. I've been called by his grace and by his mercy because there is a purpose and a plan with my life. Two, three, four, maybe 15 years ago, I could not have told you that, but today I understand it. Today I've experienced enough to understand that you don't go through what you go through just because you go through what you go through. God, there's a plan. God, there's a purpose because he wants to transform what you think of you. And you are good. You are better than good. You are great because you are a child of God. Can I invite you today? Can I invite you today? Can I invite you today to come? And I humbly 
make this calling. Can I invite you today to tell God, you know what, God? I want you to transform me. I want you to transform what I think of me. I want you to transform what I even think of you sometimes. I'm sorry, God. Forgive me. And I want you to transform what I think of others. Is there anyone here today that would do that with me? Hallelujah. And you know what? I'm not even going to pray from the pulpit. I'm going to pray from down here. You know why? Because we're the same. Don't compare yourself. Don't compare yourself with anyone. We are uniquely made. We have been handcrafted by God individually with all our good stuff and maybe not so good some of stuff hasn't been that good but it wasn't his fault maybe we had knucklehead parents that didn't do right by us I don't know maybe somebody told us the wrong story about who we were to be maybe we allowed culture to dictate or tell me or inform me of who I was or should be or should have been oh I'm here to tell you that God so loves you. Oh, that God so loves you. That you are special in Him. That He's got a plan. That if you would allow Him to transform you, He's willing and able. And you know what about God? He's so gentle. He's so gentle. You know what? We all got so much stuff inside of us that if he were to take care of all of it today, we would die. <laughs> so he does it little by little. Little by little. Today he might work in an area by you, with you. Tomorrow he might work in another area. But you know what? What's important is that you tell him, God, work in me.